the Word of God. You see, in the early church, when they spoke in tongues, it was a language that folks could understand. Not the disciples, it was unknown to the disciples, but it'd be like if I was preaching tonight, I don't know a lick of German, I don't know a lick of German, but if all of a sudden there's German people in here, and I was a preaching, and I went preaching in German, uh, that would be a miracle of, of unknown tongue to me. I don't know German, that'd be unknown tongue to me. But for the German people sitting in here, it'd be a known tongue to them. Say it's their tongue. And uh, they'd hear it, be edified by it. Uh, but that's no need doing that anymore. You know why? Because there's German preachers now. Uh, see, there wasn't, there wasn't that diversity of preachers there in the church. So now there's German preachers. Don't know, need me being able to preach the church. See what I'm saying? So this, this other church. So they began to preach. And everybody heard uh, in their own tongue. Now watch this. The Bible said there in verse number. Uh, let me just let me just let me say this right here before I move on. What is happening right here is a reverse. Because I got to think about this day, and it blessed my heart. What's happening right here is a reverse of the Tower of Babel. Babel. It's a reverse. And you think about the Tower of Babel, uh, man's attempt. I got to think about that this week, this last week. How that technology, you know, we think technology really just builds man up. Well, the Tower of Babel, that was man's attempt at a technological advancement. They got that tower way up yonder, Brother Gary. Somebody said, told the Lord, said, you better look and see what they're doing down there at the Tower of Babel. And so God kind of got down like this and looked. He said, yeah, I seem like I see a little something. And then he confounded their language so they couldn't talk to one another. Well, what's happening right here, boy, you talk about a God that's powerful. Right here with, this, with one move of the Holy Ghost, he has reversed that for a period of time, for a stretch of time here for these disciples. He's reversed what he did back in the Tower of Babel, confounding the tongues, and he allowed everybody to hear in their own language. See, the reason we have differing languages, uh, where culture came from was over to Tower of Babel. That's when the tongues was all confused why people to this day. You ever thought about that? Why at some point? Now, don't you think about this. How much easier would it have been a uh, hundred years ago if all the countries had got together and said, okay, we're all going to speak the same language? How much? I mean, why hasn't somebody done that, right? Why hasn't somebody done that? I mean, everybody on earth, if everybody on the planet, all of us spoke the same language, how much easier would it be for man to communicate? You ever thought about that? Why ain't they done that? Because they can't. They can't. You say, well, other people learn other languages, right? But listen, as long as there's times, they're going to be different languages because God confounded the languages at the Tower of Babel. But here for just a moment, he's reversed that. And he's allowed everybody here in their own language. Now look at verse 4. The Bible says, or verse 5, I'm sorry. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men. Let me just pause on that devout men. That didn't mean that these men were saved, but you know what it meant? It meant that they were that they were dedicated to the Jehovah God, to Judaism, and that they were good men. The Bible said they were devout men. Now, how many of you we sing that we sing that song? I am so glad God saves old sinners. Hey, aren't you glad tonight that He saves the gutter drunk and the dope head? I'm going to tell you what I'm glad he's saying. I'm glad he saves a little old boy that's at church every Sunday morning. 
Uh, I'm glad they saves the little youngins that goes to church all the time. Amen. Uh, good boys and good girls. I, I, I'm glad he saves them. Amen. Uh, I'm glad you don't have to be a gutter drunk to get saved. Uh, here's these devout men. They're going to be the very first ones to get saved, born again, and put in the church. Devout men, watch this, out of every nation, out of every nation under heaven. That word nation is the Greek word ethnos, and it's, uh, it just basically means every color of skin was there. Aren't you glad? Thank God, red, yellow, black, white, they pressure any si- precious any side. I mean, there's all different colors, uh, skin colors there, skin tones there, and God saved them. Look at verse 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, boy, you get God in the house, and uh, word will get out. Word will spread. This noised abroad. The multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. Verse 7, and they were all amazed. And marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Let's think about that just a minute. They were amazed. And they marveled. You know what that means? That means they scratched their head and went, How can this happen? Let me say this to you tonight. When the Holy Spirit of God goes to moving, He'll always make you scratch your head. It seems like this when I get things figured out, God will move in on something. I'll sit there and scratch my head and think, how in the world did this happen? Uh, that's exactly, hey, the Holy Spirit will always leave in a sense, a sense of amazement. Look what they said. Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans. Hey, remember what I told you? It was that week before last. That word Galileans, that's the rednecks. That's the hillbillies. That's the common folk. That's the lowest of the low. Uh, they said, I know that crowd, that crowd of rednecks, they can't hardly speak. They can't speak Hebrew, much less what we want to hear. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of these preachers up in these hollers, country folks like us, amen. They say, well, they can't have speak English. Uh, but you let God get right a hold of folks, and all of a sudden it sounds pretty smart, amen. I've seen some preachers, listen now, I've seen folks, God called them in the ministry, and I believe Brother Gary will uh, testify this, couldn't read and write their name. And boy, God got them moving and let, teach them to read, amen, teach them to write. That's exactly right. God take this ordinary, everyday, backwoods, redneck, hillbilly people and allow them to be used for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Ain't that a blessing? They say, well, these are old hill, these are old hillbillies, old glaciers. How in the world can this bunch be able to do this? Look at verse 8. And how, how hear we every man in their own tongue wherein we are born? And then there's this naming off of all of these different languages, all of these different dialects that were here. Everybody can understand. Now I want you to think about this. All of us uh, in America speak English. I realize that's not a blanket statement. These folks speak all kinds of different languages. But, uh, you know, even as long as Brother Allen has lived down here uh, in this great land of the lovely South, he still don't talk exactly like us. 
He got a different dialect, see. All across the trays out in the Midwest right now, you go out to Iowa, they talk different. It's a different dialect. What it is, them folks ain't learned yet how to talk. <laughs> they do say, you know, they do say the Appalachian brogue is probably the oldest form of the English language on the American continent. That's the truth. So that means we're speaking right. Everybody else, everybody's speaking wrong but us. I mean everybody. But anyhow, uh, we've got different dialects. So here, when they list these, these different folks, some of them spoke the same language but different dialects. And so God even solved the, the different dialects. Hazy going to come on up here. Come on, Hazy. You come on, you come on up here and we'll preach, sweetheart. Uh, so there is uh, these different dialects. Now, what is it they're hearing? That's important. Look at verse 11. And the Bible said that we do hear speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. You know what I believe they're hearing? I believe they're hearing about the creation of the universe. That's a wonderful work of God. I believe they're hearing about the exodus out of Egypt. That's a wonderful work of God. I believe they're hearing about the virgin birth. That's a wonderful work of God. I believe, and we'll see it in Peter's message, they're hearing about the cross of Calvary. What a wonderful work of God. They're hearing about the resurrection from the dead. What a wonderful work of God. Now watch this. The Bible said in verse number 12, this is interesting to me, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. There's three possible outcomes. Three possible outcomes to the gospel message. I was uh, reading in a book yesterday. I just finished today reading uh, the, that book, The Game Plan for Life, by Coach Joe Gibbs. And he was talking in there about the passing game. He said when you pass the football, three things can happen and two of them's bad. Uh, it can be a completion, an incompletion, or an interception. Same thing here. When you preach the gospel, three things can happen to them. It's bad. Uh, look what the Bible said. The Bible said that there was some that were amazed. You know, when you preach the gospel, there's going to be some. There's going to be some that go, wow. Wow. How about that? There's going to be some that are going to hear the gospel, and they're going to be amazed. But now listen to this. Some were amazed, but others doubted. You preach the gospel, they're going to be some going, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I, I just, you know, I can't believe that. You can't make me believe that. But then the Bible said that there was some that, verse 13, others mocking. Now that's the doubting crowd, but it goes even farther than doubting. They don't just say, I don't believe that. You can't make me believe that. But they actively start to poke fun at those that do believe. That's one of the three. I'll tell you, I've seen it. Folks go out of the church, preach the gospel. They go out of the church. Some of them, some of them boy, that you preach the gospel. Wow. Others go out, I don't believe that. Then they some go out and, buddy, you'll hear it back from them. They've told so-and-so about what a joke it was and how, how silly it was and all those sorts of things, how silly the Bible is, how silly God's people are. They'll mock. They'll mock the Word of God. And uh, that's nothing new. This is the first ever church service, empowered by the Holy Ghost, first ever church preaching. 
And guess what? There was that kind of reaction. Now look what he said. These men are full of new wine. Note the word new. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to close the word new. It's what we would call cheap wine. You know, it's what we would call wino wine. So this was in no by no means a compliment. They said this bunch is drunk, but they ain't even drunk on the good stuff. They drunk on that old cheap wine. It's a bunch of winos. You can tell by the way they act. Now I'm going to say just a word about that. Peter's going to get up here in this minute. He's going to straighten them out on the fact that they're not drunk. But it's interesting to note when they looked in from the outside, that mocking crowd said, that bunch is drunk. I ain't never run around drunks much. I never was able to take it. And I, but I have been around drunk some. And I could name off a couple of names that I grew up with, and you'd understand that I had to see them drunk because there's few of them. I didn't know they drunk until I seen them sober one time. But uh, some of you laugh because you know who I'm talking about. But I'll tell you something about a drunk. A drunk is emotionally, he's a wreck. He's a crying one minute, and he's a life in the next. And, Oh, he just all over the place emotionally. So when this crowd looked inside, they saw some men that emotionally, boy, they were wrecked. Some of them was crying, some of them was shouting, see? A drunk will pitch and stagger. I tell you, I've seen them get full of the Holy Ghost so far out there that didn't, you didn't know if they was going to be able to get out of the church or not. Pitch and stagger. A drunk will give away everything he's got. You get around a drunk, and it's not long he parts with all his money. He'd give it all away. Well, that's a say. You ever say, boy, i tell you, a good Holy Ghost service. There's been times when I woke up the next morning and looked at my billfold and went, oh, Lord, what have I done? I didn't give away all my money last night. Holy Ghost will move on, you see. When they looked in there, they said, that crowd has got to be drunk. Look how they're acting. Look how they're carrying on. Bound to be a bunch of drunks. Well, they weren't drunk on wine. They drunk on the Holy Ghost. You know what's fixing to happen? It's fixing to be a message preached. I want to say this. Every time you see the Holy Ghost show up, either somebody preaches a message through testimony, there'll be a message preached. Somehow, somewhat, Peter's getting ready to preach the first ever message of the church. We'll try to pick that up next week. Let's all stand together. Father, thank you, Lord, for your wonderful blessings, God, and your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for helping us preach tonight. Lord, I didn't know if I could, but Lord, you helped us to preach. And I thank you and praise you for that. Lord, we're sorry that sometimes we get just discouraged, but I'm glad you're an encouraging God. I pray, Lord, that you just bless us and help us. God, Sunday's coming. Lord, would you help us to see some folks get right with you and saved. And Lord, bless and help us only you can. And for all to do, we'll thank you and praise you, honor and glorify you because we love you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Anybody got anything before this means? My mom left a bag, and she was hoping that we could put some cards in it. For Brother Marvin, I'll take them down there to him now that we finally, I think, got past all the head colds and the corona and everything else. I'll take them down there to him. Uh, so if you want to bring a card Sunday.
Brother Marvin put in that bag back there on the, on the hospitality table. I'll make sure that he gets it, okay? Cake and ice cream before the evening service, is that what we're going to do? Okay. And also Sunday is Mission Sunday. Brother Stacy Pierce, he'll be here both services, be singing and preaching, be preaching a challenge to us. We'll be handing out our faith promise cards. We re-up our faith promise. So you be thinking about what the Lord will give through you, what the Lord will give through you to the missions program this year, okay? Anything else? All right, if not, Noah, they said you got a job at Glen Raven. The slave in Raven. That'll make a man out. What have you got around your neck, son? It's a deer horn. Huh? A deer horn. Dismiss us in prayer.